Welcome to the Martial Mind Power Podcast, where you discover how to cultivate self-mastery towards your self-realization, inspired by martial arts and philosophy. I'm not going to move around too much because uh, I've got bald tyres. <laughs> and they're making a lot of squeaking noises, you know. So I'm pretty glad that uh, I'm not allowed on the motorway in this wheelchair because I'm sure it would be illegal. I was born with uh, spina bifida and hydrocephalus. So the spina bifida um, occurs when the, there's damage to the spinal cord and as a... Um, you end up getting a hole in the spinal column so that the spinal cord is exposed and uh, it, offer, it lends itself to uh, infection in the spinal cord. And because of the spina bifida, I also had the condition of hydrocephalus, which is water on the brain because uh, it's excess water on the brain. The reason why I had that was because of this damage to the spinal cord. The excess pressure could only travel so far, but then it would go straight back up into my brain. So when I was born, I was fitted with something called a shunt, which is a silicon tube that goes uh, underneath my skull, goes behind my ear, and it goes all the way down the front of my chest and into my stomach. I believe that it was invented by a rocket scientist. So I'm really, because, his daughter was born with hydrocephalus and uh, he developed a way to help that pressure. So I'm really pleased for, you know, for rocket scientists and scientists in general and things like that. And uh, as you can see, I get around in a wheelchair because I have no feeling um, in my legs. I'm very pleased that the wheel was invented, okay? Because if I had square wheels or you know, had no wheels at all, I'd be crawling everywhere, which is something that I did when I was, when I was young. When I was born, the surgeon said that I wouldn't, I wouldn't live to see my first birthday. Well, I'm 18 now. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not 18, I'm not 18. Uh, I'll be 42 in January. I've done all right, I've done okay. When I was two, I um, had a wheelchair um, given to me by my orthopaedic hospital. And it was like, uh, if anybody's ever seen the film E.T., it, it was like that because it was, it was sort of a, a basket uh, wicker back to the, the, the frame. I did feel like I could put a, something in front of it to carry things. Very new invention uh, back then. And because of the spina bifida, what happens is the, the spinal column starts to grow out like this. So when I was about two, two and a half, my internal organs started to get pushed together. And I ended up leaning forward. And I had, because of this curvature on my back, I couldn't lean properly. So I was pushing myself, leaning forward. And because of that, I was crashing into things. And uh, my, my mum, uh, would also, would always use her personality to say, well, 
you know, watch where you're going because otherwise you're going to knock people over and you, you, you've just run into that table and, and all this sort of stuff. So, um, so I used a wheelchair uh, and it took quite a long, long time to, uh, to, to use it. But So then the orthopaedic surgeons decided to make me a walking frame. You had to lean from side to side to move forward and it was on hydraulics. Well, I'd never stood up before and I was worried about falling forward. So what I did was I used to lean my head back. I've got a video of this, it's brilliant. I used to lean my head back and I used to go like that. I felt like a penguin, you know. Uh, and we used to call them the clickers because it used to go click, 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 click. And again, because I was looking up, didn't know where I was going. Right? So I used to crash into things. When I was four, I started mainstream school. I'd been to a um, school with special needs up until then, but I started mainstream school. And the, the staff and the headmistress there were very concerned about how I would cope. They put up a, a it was like a barrier saying, well, he's very weak. He, uh, we don't think he'd be able to cope with the um, academic side of it. They were right about that. Oh, bit of a struggle. And I had a lady to help me in the mornings uh, with understanding um, very, how to do various tasks, understanding what the teacher said, and I had a, and medical um, problems as well. And I had a lady in the afternoon to help me with the same thing. So they used to sit next to me and uh, they used to go, did you understand that? You know, um, and slightly frustrating because it, it sort of puts to the forefront that I'm different to everybody else. So you're looking at um, barriers and, and uh, hurdles that you have to get over and have to face. I, I felt like I needed... Uh, support from my mum and dad, which I, I did, because when I was born, when the surgeon said to me, oh, he's only going to live 12 months, my mum said, okay, well, we'll take him home and he can die there, you know. Obviously, I didn't. As I said, I started this mainstream school. Um, I had problems and barriers and hurdles that I had to face because, the, because of the school children and the staff as well, not really, not really thinking that I'd be able to cope, but also the school children, um, not the ones that I'd grown up with, but the rest of them saying, oh, he's in the wheelchair, how do we cope with this? You know, what's he gonna be able to achieve? And bullying, a lot of bullying. I used to have people, um, people in my year and above um, trying to get behind me and, and grabbing me from behind and um, so every time I'd move they'd, they'd keep um, hiding away from me and, and taunting me like that. But about six, seven years old I used to think I need to be able to, I'd like to be able to protect myself. When I came home I um, and relaxed watching a bit of telly I used to really enjoy, I don't know if anybody remembers it, uh, a programme called uh, Monkey Magic and uh, it was it was fantastic, okay, it was fantastic. All these, all these things that these people could do, right? Flying through the air and oh, I'd love to learn that sort of stuff. So I'd say to my mum and dad, well, do you think I could do that? And they'd, well, how are, you gonna, how are you gonna jump up in the air? 
How are you going to get your wheelchair? You know, are you going to take your wheelchair with you and and all this sort of stuff? So I thought, right, well, if I have wheelchair with a wheelchair with springs on it, you know, my imagination was fantastic. You know, I'm sure I could do that sort of stuff. And then I started watching boxing and, and things like that. And uh, I used to say to my mum and dad, well, okay, if I can't do that, if I can't fly in the air and do all these, um, I can make the noises and the, yes, we know you can make the noises, you know. Uh, if I can't do that, then would I be able to do boxing? You know, I love boxing, I'm watching it. Well, how would you get into the ring? Oh yeah, well, uh, I can get to the ropes, I can crawl through and then, you know, my trainer or you or dad could lift my wheelchair in and then I could get in, you know. Well, how would you move around? All right, you know. So little tiny barriers that 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 were that I was faced with um, happened then, but it was it was more of a motivation to say, right, well, I'll, I'll I will achieve it one day. When I was uh, four, I started learning to swim, and um, I can't use my legs. I can't use my legs, um, so I had to concentrate on using my arms. When I was pulling, when I was doing the breaststroke, I was doing this, but I kept on bobbing down like that. But the 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 good thing about swimming is, it made me look as though my legs were working. Okay, and I used to sit on the side of the pool and I used to jump in. Um, much to the fear of the helpers that were with me. And uh, I um, used to go into competitions. I was always last, but it didn't matter. I used to swim in the water because I, I, somebody showed me the, the Jaws film. And, uh, you know, even, even the swimming pools, I used to look at the heaters and I'm sure there's a shark that's going to come out of there. You know, I was really young, you know. So I used to swim in the water. After learning how to jump from the side of the pool into the... Uh, into the pool, I decided to set myself a goal of going to Coventry Baths and getting up to the, to uh, the very top of um, the diving board and I flew, uh, hung, uh, dived off that. And my friends were going, are you really going to do that? You know, before I did it, they said, are you really going to do that? Yes, I'm going to do it. And I just did it. Um, at four, I learned to play guitar. Um, from my dad, uh, giving me uh, the encouragement to do that. Now I've got spatial awareness problems. I have this these hydrocephalus problems, and uh, I shouldn't probably shouldn't be able to do that. But because I was being bullied at school, I was finding it very difficult at school. I was growing up with these conditions. I had to have an outlet, so I was playing guitar, and I used to do five to six hours a day, again, much to my mum and dad's discuss, uh, not discuss, but they were, you know, saying, I'll oh, turn it down, you know, sort of thing. And uh, I learned to play by ear, not play by ear, I used to use my hands, because otherwise it would give me problems with my ears later in life. <laughs> so I sat for ages, uh, I joined Cubs. Um, I, while I was doing that, I was having uh, lots of different operations to keep me alive because by then I was, you know, into my early childhood. And uh, one of the operations I had when I was 12, I had the spinal column taken out and steel rods put in. 
so I was a lot straighter. From then, I learned how to do horse riding, um, archery, um, tennis, um, and different sports, the same sort of things as everybody in the, in the schools did. And everybody was like, oh, okay. Wow, he can do a lot of things, you know. I still wasn't very academic, but uh, quite, quite clever. And then I started earning a lot of respect because when I was in the, walk, the walking frame, I learned how to play football as well. And they used to put me in defence because I used to put my crutches like that, you know, and stop the ball every single time. Or I used to knock it like that, you know. When I was uh, 20, I had to have a hip, op a double hip operation, t uh, tendons cut, and um, I, from that, I ended up getting uh, septicemia, osteomyelitis, and MRSA because my right hip was healing up dislocated. That, for me, started my uh, spiritual healing and um, when I was four, I was, I, was, I was setting challenges for myself and, and I kept on saying to myself, right, I'm going to beat people, that, I'm going to tell people, I'm going to show people that I can do things. And I obviously achieved a lot of things. Uh, when I came out of hospital after a year, I started getting images and um, uh, not, they felt like hallucinations. And I remember uh, one Christmas Eve, I had to go to bed because I'd got a temperature of 104. And uh, halfway through the night, I could feel warm drips on my head. And I looked up and I, could, I, I couldn't really see anything, but I could feel this warm dripping on my head. And the next day, uh, a hole that was um, this deep, full of septicemia and osteomyelitis, it started to heal up. And I just thought, well, that's really, really strange. By the time I was 24, I, uh, I learned karate. Um, and I managed to gain my first brown belt in that. And then my a friend of mine said to me, well, what I th this instructor's good, but what I think you should do is I think you should come to a freestyle class. And when I got there, um, nobody told me, but when I got there, I found out it was a freestyle kickboxing class. <laughs> right? Um, my instructors knew that I was brown belt in karate. The students didn't. So I rolled in and everybody was like that. Ah. What? You know, and the, uh, my senior student, um, I, um, he leaned over to his friend and he said, has this club gone downhill? That's just the sort of person he was. And um, anyway, I trained, I wanted to be an instructor. I trained for seven months, three times a week. I lost three stone. I developed my own warm-up. I adapted techniques for when people were running. I used to practice my uppercuts. When people were squatting, I used to do dips. In 2006, in December, I was told that I'd become the first paraplegic in Britain to become a freestyle kickboxing instructor. And it was quite ironic, obviously. While I was um, training in the freestyle martial arts, um, I did, I'd, I'd studied uh, various types of Kung Fu, Western boxing, 
jiu-jitsu, uh, even judo. A lot uh, loved the groundwork. I took on my senior student who's six foot five and 18 stone. I said, right, okay, let's see how this works. Um, and I beat him. So martial arts really started to change my life. Because going back to being a brown belt in karate, the instructor said to me, right, okay, you're an assist assistant instructor now. Well, he, um, he was developing a club for people with different abilities. So there was me and another chap who could stand up, move his legs and all that sort of thing. And the instructor said to me, right, I want you to teach this bloke how to kick and how to do forms and that. And I sat there, I thought, right, I can't kick, how am I gonna do it? I sat there and I looked at my hands and I thought, oh, okay, uh, my hands could be like feet, my forearms could be like shins, my knee, uh, my elbows could be knees, and I developed a way to teach martial arts. And that's what I did when I became a freestyle kickboxing instructor. And um, I mentioned before this talk that I did a um, Chinese form that I found could control the pressure in my brain. So spiritually for me, I found out a way that, that I could heal myself. Um, I, uh, the, the things that I've achieved is that I've also uh, attempted Mount Snowden twice. I've abseiled off um, a place called Simmons Yat. I was the first person in the wheelchair to do that. I've um, had a flying lesson. I've had to break a lot of barriers with help from my family. And, and, uh, but I've re-enabled myself um, and I've broke down these barriers. And I'm now um, a founder of my martial arts company and I'm teaching people to do the same thing people with autism and lots of different abilities and I'm teaching them as well as techniques what I've learned and how they can enable themselves and how can how they can break barriers from people around them and people that don't understand people that judge that's what my talk is about and that's what I'd like to help you understand that you that everybody can do that everybody can break their own barriers down and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or says if you want to do something you do it that's where i am today so that's what i wanted to share with you thank you very much If you took some value out of this podcast, then please like and subscribe to our channel. If you feel this podcast will help a loved one, then please kindly spread this wisdom by sharing this podcast link with them. For more information and learning materials on how to cultivate self-mastery towards your self-realization inspired by martial arts and philosophy, please go to www.martialmindpower.com. See you in the next podcast.